Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast, A Coach for the Coach. I'm your coach, Helen Williams, and we are building a community of sports coaches who want to be proactive about their coaching career, as well as building the next generation of student-athlete leaders. Well, everybody, welcome to A Coach for the Coach. I am your coach, Helen Williams, and so happy to have you here again this week. Obviously, every week we talk about some really important things, and my guest here today um, is has become one of my favorite people in a short period of time. Uh, but we're going to talk about something that's really important to me um, and should be important to all coaches. Um, but before I do that, just remember, if you want to get in touch with me, you can DM me at HMW Sports. Please go to my Facebook page, A Coach for the Coach. We have lots of things, good things coming there for coaches to, to learn more uh, in addition to this uh, in addition to this show. If you're old school and you want to email me, it's hmwfc at outlook.com. And like everybody else, we're on Instagram as well, A Coach for the Coach. So uh, many ways for you to, to contact me. So let's, let's get to it. Let's get to it. My guest today is uh, Glenn Wright from uh, Worth Advisors. And uh, Glenn is uh, an expert, subject matter expert in something that's near and dear to my heart, which is money um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not really how much you make, it's how much you can keep. Um, I think I stole that. Was it from Shaq, I think? Um, but it's, it's really important for coaches to think about finances because of the nature of our position. It's so tenuous sometimes, and it's one year at a time. It's not like in the quote unquote real world where you have a nine to five and it lasts all year. So, um, Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here with you. Well, I appreciate I, I think our coaches are going to learn a lot from you today. And, um, you know, I, I just was so intrigued when we had our conversation about money and how different it is in terms of handling it uh, for coaches. So before we get started on my many questions for you, I think it's important for our coaches to know how you got into uh, the financial planning business. What led you to uh, do the work that you do with the coaches? It's uh, um, thank you. So it started when I was actually about 11 years old. So my family got divorced. Uh, I'm the only child. Just uh, so just me and mom. My dad was um, gone. And my mother just made poor financial decisions. She lived in a house that she couldn't afford. So the house went into foreclosure. The second thing she did was she um, talked to a friend, not a financial advisor, but a school teacher. My mother's an educator um, and asked her for advice. And she said, well, take money out of your retirement plan. And um, so that was really the, the second mistake that she made because she was under 59 and a half. And if you know, you have to pay penalties and fees and extra taxes and so forth. Third mistake was her broker who said he would always watch your money. Um, this was the first week of November in 1987. He said, this is the wrong time to take your money out. Your account's down over half because of uh, Black Monday was about a week and a half, two weeks before that. And um, so literally she took the money out, taxes, penalties, fees, uh, the little that was left. And so she ended up um, losing her, of course, her marriage, her house and her retirement. So ultimately she lost her mind and uh, had to get help. And so we um, lost her home and lived with different family members. And ultimately ended up moving to Memphis. I was from Detroit originally, moved to Memphis where my mom, you know, praise God, she got better. 
And then she started working again, being a teacher in Tennessee. And then my family just made, gave her poor advice. And not because they were bad people, but just because they were really financially literate. And so I started reading from the age of 12, everything I could get my hands on as pertains to finance so I could help my mother. Mm -hmm. So you fast forward that to um, age 18. Now I'm working, I'm teaching people. I'm a good test taker, a bit of a nerd. So as people call me, but, um, but I'm a good test taker. So I teach people in the inner city how to take tests. I met a, a banker uh, while I was teaching a class for ACT, SAT, ACT workshop who was there as well. He said, look, you need to come intern for Tennessee Bank. And then I, working at the bank, I found out, man, there's some other folks out here hurting just like my mom. And I knew that all that stuff happened because I was really called to help other people to uh, make good sound decisions. So that's really how I got going. And then worked for um, a couple of uh, Wall Street firms before ultimately um, starting my own firm uh, 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. We have a fun. So so how did you get involved in working with coaches? Because it's a very specific demographic. Yeah. So me, uh, again, being the nerd that I am, uh, I, I start working with business owners and helping them. You become successful. You help them to actually um, find money to save on their taxes as well as other planning and investments. Most people think financial advisors only deal with stocks and bonds, but true wealth managers look at every area of your life. So helping them to do that, a booster referred me to a coach. He was an assistant coach and he was, he said, this guy is a superstar. I want you to take care of him. Wasn't making much money. And uh, in 13 months, he went from being a, um, um, a, um, an assistant coach to becoming a power five head coach. And so his, he started making about 15 times what he was making when I first met him 13 months prior. Right. And in that process, we were able to help him to renegotiate his contract and we cut his taxes down in half. So by doing that, he saved over 400, $300 or $400,000 a year um every year by this that and so for me i don't like to get involved unless i feel like i can add value if people are already doing things at a high level there's no reason for me to try to add to that but i saw that there was a need an opportunity uh working with coaches and that really sparked the beginning so the other part now we that's probably about 10 years ago now we work with dozens i think over 100 coaches because, uh, you know, you do a good job. Coaches are great recruiters. So yeah, it's all about relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about relationships. And, um, and and there are many other areas I'm sure we'll talk about today that uh, on how we really built out the coach net worth, a real platform uh, for what we do. But um, but that's 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 how we got into it. And then he referred friends and, yeah. and we knew we could add value. Well, talk to our coaches about how important it is to you know, be strategic with the money that you make in order to keep it. Because like I said earlier, we're one season away from being let go, right? And right. Let's, let's talk about the reality of it. I mean, we all love what we do and we, we're passionate about it. And I'm very big on, you know, um, self-care and taking care of yourself so that you'll be of service to others, to, to, to better serve others. 
And part of that is taking care of your financial health. And we just don't think about that because we just think we're going to coach forever. So, so yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So a couple of things, I think part of it is looking at um, you, you as a coach, you have an opportunity, just like you can lose your job. Most coaches that what I found think the other way, right? Ultimately I'm going to be the big time head coach and all I need is one payday to yes. change my life. So I can live and do the things I want to do and not really plan for the future because I know one day I'm going to make more money. Right. So uh, I've seen that a lot and it really comes from a, um, and this is going to be, this is going to sound harsh, but it's, it's true. Um, coaches do what most people do, although they don't have the contracts to be able to do that. And that's have a real poor mindset, a poor mentality mindset as, as it goes, as it becomes to your paycheck. So when most people get paid, they get paid their money, they pay their bills, and if they have something left over, they'll save it. That's actually the wrong way to think. And the first thing you should do is, you know, I believe you pay God. That's that's for me. And then you pay yourself. So paying yourself doesn't mean going to buy, you know, the new Louis shoes, right? <laughs> Gucci shoes. No, no new Jordans. Yeah. No, well, no. Uh, you know, with that, hopefully you should be getting those for free. But anyway, but this is true. Um, but it means putting money up to save for a rainy day because a rainy day will come one way or other, or it's putting money up for an opportunity that will present itself if you're surrounded by the right people. So I would say um, that number needs to be at a minimum of 10% that, that you're saving. Um, I, I, like to, I would like to see a, a larger number than that, but at a minimum 10%. So if you're making $10,000 a month, need to be saying, you know, saving a thousand dollars at a minimum. Um, and that's on top of any retirement plans or other things that you're doing at your institution. I think that's really important because, um, I mean, the reality is that, I mean, you can get let go. And yep. um, I know when I started out coaching, I was smart enough to get a financial planner and what you're talking okay. about, I basically call the go to hell fund. That's right. That's right. I was going to tell me that or I might need to tell somebody that and I just need to be prepared because the thing about coaches is we get all these perks. But they're taken away from you as soon as you let go. So it's all cool to have a car, you know, and a phone and, and possibly a place to live. And I always tell younger coaches, you know, get your own house, have your own car, have your own phone, because it can literally be taken away from you the moment they say, well, we're going to go in another direction. Leave your phone, leave your car keys, and move out of your 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 dwelling. So um, that's important. I, I agree with the majority of what you said. Okay. So let me let me give you a um. Yeah, I, I like that fund for sure. I, <laughs> we, we are one hundred percent agreement. You have to have that. I want to give you another example of you might not get fired, but you may take the wrong course in your life in your career. Okay. So med and assistant coach, power five assistant. So we know they make, you know, pretty good, pretty good dollars, right? Had an opportunity to take a really strong head coaching lower <laughs> major job that would have put them in a much higher position later. They were going to win. And, but they could not afford 
to take the pay cut ah. to be able to do that. So because they didn't say they didn't do the right things, they could not make that decision. Somebody else came in and then three years later, they they went and now they became a power five coach. That could have been the other person. Mm-hmm. So saving has a lot more to do with not just saving for the reserve, but yeah, we could get fired for any reason, but also that now you 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 have more control. The more money you have, you have more control over your destiny. I might not take this job. I may decide to take a different job in a different course and ultimately to get where I want to go. Um, That's a great, great point. Leverage. Absolutely. When you have money, you have leverage, right? So and the second part to that, the one I, I slightly disagree is as assistants, if you know and have an idea that I'm not going to be in a, in a city long, meaning probably three to five years, um, buying a home may not make the most sense because Good point. one, we've had a lot of coaches, we go back to 08, 09, who took baths by you know buying and selling homes. But two, even now, if you if you don't want PMI, private mortgage insurance, on your mortgage, you want to put 20% down, that can be a lot of money, especially with these rates now. So had an assistant coach that um, let me just I'll just give you an example. You take a six hundred thousand dollar home that used to be a ooh, it used to be a big home, but depending on where you are, you are a shoebox, right? So, right. Yeah. So you have to put roughly to for closing and new closing costs. You're talking about a hundred thirty thousand dollars, you know, maybe more that you have to put down on this home. What can you do with that hundred and thirty? Let's say a hundred thousand. Let's say you put five percent down instead of the twenty. What could you do with that money? How you know, looking at investment. If you look at the investments over the last ten years, the S and P five hundred, you would make dramatically more than you would have made in your home, um, and it gives you liquidity that you may need to make the necessary moves uh, for another opportunity. So that's, that's the only thing. About, the, the about short, in the short term, you make more money investing than you would buying a piece of property. Totally, yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Now, hit, hit coach, different. Right, you right. Hit coach, totally different situation. But for an assistant, then you have to look at it differently. That, that's a that's a great distinction. And, and thank you for checking me on that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> what are some... Uh, before we talk about contracts and all those things, okay, like you just brought up some terms, PMI, you know, liquidity. What are some concepts that well, people in general, but certainly coaches should know about finances as they approach, um, you know, figuring out what to do with their money? Okay. So one is at, at some point we're all going to retire, right? So we want to retire, we want to retire comfortably. Because, and not just coaches, but this is anybody who works for uh, institutions of higher learning, you're going to have these great retirement plans where you put money into Tia Craft or Valak, and you might put three or 4% in, and the school will probably put in 10% or 12, right? So you have these large balances. So the savings goes there. So, you, so in my mind, I might be thinking, well, this is enough money for me to retire off of. I don't really have to save and invest outside of that. Okay. So something to think about 
is where do we think tax rates are going to go? Because all those dollars in your retirement plan are pre-tax, right? They grow tax deferred, but they're taxable as ordinary income when they come out. So if we think tax rates, and most economists do feel like tax rates are going to go up in the next 10 to 20 years, then now you could be paying more money putting uh, taking money out than you did putting money in. So, and without having any type of offset or money outside of retirement that you can plan accordingly, up to 60, 70% of your money might be able to go away. And, wow. and that sounds crazy, but if you go back, if you take over the last hundred years and you look at the top tax bracket, right now the top tax bracket is 37%. Right. So if you're making over half a million, you're paying 37% on the federal level, okay, in taxes. But if you take the average over the last hundred years, the highest tax bracket is average 59.75%. Because in the 70s, the wow. highest tax bracket was 70%. And before that, it was in the 90s during World War II. So um, so we know rates will probably go up. And that and that could be catastrophic to retirement if, if we don't plan properly. So that's one thing. Okay. That's a big one though. Yeah, it, it is it is a big one that people aren't really uh talking or, or really thinking about or planning for. And the goal is if you're saving properly, when you look at wealthy people and they have access to money in multiple places, the marginal tax rate goes down very, very low. That's why Warren Buffett says that he pays a lower percentage of taxes than his secretary. So um, that's another way of um, just taking more control because you're saving. We, we talk about the job situation, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. now we're talking about taxes and how much money you actually going to pay the IRS. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to a coach for the coach today with special guest Lynn Wright. Chief Executive Officer of Worth Advisors. As it stands, it looks like we need to bring him back next week for part two to further discuss money. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. In the meantime, if you want more coaching nuggets, head over to my Facebook group, A Coach for the Coach, where we share helpful tips to take your coaching career to the next level. See you next week. Same time, same place.